0: Welcome to Victory Church, Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. It is such a privilege to be with you this morning to share a little bit about what God is doing through Chi Alpha and to share what God has put on my heart for your church this morning Um So like Pastor said, uh, I graduated from the University of Virginia in the fall of 2007, so it was very kind of him to call me young, but the college students have made it very clear that I am not. Um, It is very difficult to work in an environment where the students stay the same age every year and you just continue to get older. Okay, so it used to be when I would show up on campus, students would be, they would ask me what year I was, and I would say, oh, I don't actually go here, I pay a mortgage, I have children. They're like, well, why are you here? Well, it's because I believe God wants me to be your pastor. They're like, I don't know what that means. Well, great, let's get a cup of coffee and let's talk about it. We would begin a discipleship relationship, but now they're like, hey, who's the old guy on campus? Who's this guy walking around? I play uh, in a flag football league on campus, And uh, the students, uh, every Sunday night, uh, when they see me, they call me Father. Okay, Now, now some of them call me Father because I'm just that old. Others of them call me Father because they don't know what else to call a religious person. And so they're like, he, he is both of these things. He's older than he should be, but he's also religious. And so they, I have gotten the name around campus of father. And so it's been fun to kind of journey. Uh, we believe that the Lord is doing a great thing on the secular campus. And when we think about the secular campus, it is a very strategic mission field. And as we see ourselves at James Madison University, we are there for a multitude of reasons, which include protecting your youth. students that come up through your ministry as they go off to the secular campus, we know that they are filled with a lot of different ideas. There are a lot of different choices to make. There are a lot of different groups to join. There are a lot of different paths that they could choose. And we want to be there to receive them, to disciple them, and to train them to make disciples who would make disciples who would make disciples. And then we're also there on the college campus to help those students who have not yet found their way. They've had a hole in their heart. They've been longing for something. They've been searching for something. They've been looking for something that would give them the fulfillment that they have desired. And we want to be there to become friends, to introduce the gospel, and to train them to make disciples who would make disciples who would make disciples. Because we believe if you change one college student, you can change the world through discipleship, one student at a time. Well, hey, let me tell you a little bit about myself as we kind of introduce the message. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Colossians chapter 1. The title of this morning's message is The Supremacy of Christ, a a theme which Paul will often talk about in his writings, a theme in which Paul uh, is encouraging the church at Colossae this morning, will encourage, encourage us also. But when you think about the supremacy, the word supremacy, or or things that are great, or the thing that is the greatest, let's get to know each other a little bit as we think about the things that we think are the best. Okay, so I'm gonna give you two options here this morning as you learn about me and I learn about you. Okay, so the first one's really easy. It should be very obvious. Do you like Coke or do you like Pepsi? Everybody? Coke, right? absolutely coke okay when you go out to out to eat and you're like hey uh, i'll have a coke and the waiter or the waitress says is pepsi okay you say no (laughs) do you take monopoly money you do not don't try to give me that fake thing okay so we all believe that coke is better great okay next uh sheets or wawa sheets right we're not from the north that's not who we are we're not living that wawa life okay we don't want that i don't care what they think their hoagies are we are loyal to sheets okay i will drive past so many wawas i will run out of gas in order to get that three cent discounted sheets okay okay all right, let's do, let's do some more. Uh, this one's for pastor. Uh, BMW or Audi? Audi, right? We, we're just trying to be kind to our pastor there. I understand, right? right? Okay, uh, boneless wings or bone in? bone in? Bone in. Okay, yeah. Nobody does boneless. If you're going to eat boneless wings, just go to McDonald's. That's a chicken nugget. Okay? That's what that is. I'm right, I don't know why people do this to themselves. They got sauces at McDonald's. You could just do it there. All right, so that, that's fun, right? And that's a sense of where we think about what is supreme. and what, what, but, but here's the thing. What I've noticed, now we don't have cable TV at my house, not because we're poor, just because we're from that generation, right? And so everybody's starting to cut the cord. But my parents are not from that generation. My parents still have cable TV, they have the, you know, and so when my kids go over to their house, you know what happens? They see commercials for the very first time, okay? They've never seen a commercial in their life, they go to my parents' house, they see commercials and then all of a sudden, all they can talk about are those things that they saw on the commercials. It doesn't matter when their birthday is, it doesn't matter if it just happened, that is now what they want for their birthday and they want you to write it down. And I'm like, I am not going to write that down. Okay, You can add it to your Amazon wish list if you want, but you're going to forget about this by the time we get back to our house because we don't have commercials. But what I know in that moment is that my kids are being formed by the things that they have seen. They're being formed by the things that are around them. And they are making decisions for their future based on the input that has come into them. And isn't that just like all of us? As we think about the world that we live in, as we think about the things that go on around us, we make decisions about what is better based on what is around us. We make decisions about what will be the guiding point of our lives based on what we have seen, what we have inputted, and what we believe about the risen Lord. And it's not a problem, it's not a thing that is uncommon to the church at Colossae, to which Paul is writing this letter this morning. He's writing to them because they have had what Paul would say, hollow and deceptive philosophies that have crept into the church. They've come around and now the church is beginning to question, is Jesus supreme? Is he all that he said he was? Did he do all the things that he said he did? Because these questions have come in around them. Doesn't it sound like the college campus... Or hollow and deceptive philosophies. Doesn't it sound like your place of work, or your neighborhood, or the internet? As as we travel, like, isn't this the way of the world today? That hollow and deceptive philosophies have crept in and around us, and they seek to discourage us. And Paul writes this letter to the church to encourage her and to encourage us this morning. And so, let's read in the text this morning, uh, starting in verse. Nine. The interesting thing about Colossians is uh, this is the church at Colossae was a church which Paul himself did not start. We find out in chapter one that his friend Epaphras is the one who was the missionary who started the church. Epaphras is now in jail with Paul, uh, and they uh, Paul writes this letter to encourage them. Though it's a church that he has never been to, just based on the words that he has heard about them. Verse 9, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? That we have not stopped praying for you. in church, can I encourage you to not stop praying. And to pray for the knowledge of his will, to know which way is right and which way would be wrong, and to, to know all of these things. And this would be the wisdom that the Spirit would give to us, so, verse 10, that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and praise Him in every way, that you may bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance "...of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." I mean, what a beautiful opening to this letter that Paul writes to the church at Colossae saying that that this is what the gospel is. This is what you have stepped into. Though I haven't met you, though I have not been to your church, this is the gospel message. That you have been rescued. that That you bear fruit. That you would be strengthened. That you would have wisdom. That you would have power. As the Spirit would give it to you. As He desires to give it generously to you, church. That this would be your life in Christ Jesus. To be built up, to be encouraged, and to share that throughout the world. Because you have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness. The dominion of darkness no longer has a hold on you, and that you must stay away from the dominion of darkness. When we think about the kingdom of darkness, I'm reminded of Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia right where we get to narnia we see narnia and it is what it's always winter and never christmas and this is what the kingdom of darkness is it's always winter and never christmas it's this sense where things may look a little pretty on the outside but you never actually get to the good part you never actually get the thing that you have been longing for when when it starts to get cold you're like here comes christmas But the kingdom of darkness doesn't give any of that. It's one more step in. It's one more step in. It's one more step in. Until you look around and think, where am I? How did I get here? And for this reason, Christ has rescued us. And Paul, as as he's opening this letter, he has not just rescued us just so that you would make it. The goal of the Christian life is not just to survive. The goal of the Christian life is to thrive in our relationship with Jesus, that we would thrive in him, that we would bear fruit, that we would do good works, that we would be strengthened with all power. And Paul, in the next part of this letter, shows the church of Colossae how to do this, what this could look like. This next part, uh, the NIV subheading, says the supremacy of the Son of God. Scholars disagree on whether or not it is an ancient hymn, whether it's ancient poetry, if, if Paul wrote it, if he's quoting something else out to the, to the church at Colossae. But what we do know is that this letter was read aloud. And oftentimes when we, when we do our own personal Bible study, right, we just say the words in our head, we don't ever hear them out loud. But this letter would have been brought to the church at Colossae and then also to the church at Laodicea. They would have read it aloud and they would have heard the poetry. Some say that they would have begun to sing the hymn with, uh, with the church leader that had been reading this out loud. But, but either way, as you listen to this, listen to the imagery and feel the poetry this morning. This is one of my favorite passages in all of the biblical texts. "...for God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross." Now church, did you notice that refrain that happened throughout our text this morning? In Him, in Him, in Him, through Him, before Him, in Him. And constantly in our text, as Paul is, is encouraging this church, he says you need to live your lives in Him. That the answer to the problem of the world today, the answer to the things that are going on in your heart, is that you need to see Christ be supreme. You need to live in Him. You need to know Him. You need to be with Him. And continue to live your lives rooted and established in jesus that there is no other way there is no other desire there should be no other things that he should be supreme in all things and the text tells us that he is the image of the invisible god and what we see is that the the bible tells us that we are made in the image of god but that christ himself is the actual image of god That He is the one that was before all things, and that as He was there before all things were created, that He is the one in which we would follow. That we no longer have to wonder, like, what would it be like? Like, what could we do, or what should the goal be? But Christ has come so that we may know, so that we may see, so that we may believe, so that we may be able to feel, and touch, and taste, and know the goodness of God. And that this is what it could mean, that He is supreme then we also see that he is supreme over creation and we see in our text this morning as it is building up like the beginning part of our text is all about how creation was built and we see like like that christ was before all things that the fullness of God is in Christ, and that He was the one that was there before the foundation of the earth, that He was the one that spoke creation into existence, that He was the one that did all these things. Then we think about our own lives, think about the things that go on around us, and we think about the things that have been created. What we know is that Christ is the ultimate creator, and that we can be creative people because God Himself is creator. And as we see that He is the one that is supreme over creation, it gives us hope for our future. We also see that he is supreme over the church, that he is the head of the body and the firstborn from among the dead. He is the one that we can put our hope in because of what he has done. And then we see that he is supreme over the whole of the cosmos. And when it comes to Christ and his supremacy, it's not just that he is supreme in our world, it's not just he's supreme in our lives, but that he is supreme in the whole of the cosmos. That all of the universes, that everything is under his authority. That the fullness of God dwells in him, that he is the great one. And then we think about this God who creates, so that when we, we think back to the Genesis story, and we see that the world was in a state of chaos. There was chaos over the surface of the deep, and God spoke, and what happened? Order came. And as we think about the sufficiency of Christ in the cosmos, that we can believe this because He is a God that brings order out of chaos. And then there are things in our own lives, there are things in our hearts, there are things in our communities, there are things in our schools that feel chaotic that feel like they are spiraling out of control, we can know that Christ is the one who is supreme and that he is the one that brings order out of chaos. And because we know that he is the image of God, because we know that he is supreme over the church, because we know that he is supreme over the cosmos, we can know that his supremacy is enough for us. The church, no matter what is going on in your hearts, no matter what is going on in your lives, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, that Christ wants to be supreme in your life. Christ wants to be all and in all. Christ wants to be the thing that you would follow. Christ wants to be the thing that you would think about. Christ wants to be the one that would be your guiding light. And may he be that for you this morning. Thomas Chalmers calls it the expulsive power of a new affection. Bonhoeffer calls it that we must have a supreme affection towards Jesus. And the question for us this morning is that what will this look like? What are the things that have gotten in our way? What are the things that we have placed before Christ? What are the things that we desire more than Him? And how can we move those out of the way in order to see the Lordship of Jesus Christ take more and more control of our lives? to take more control of our thought life, to take more control of our actions. So if you are wondering, like, what is in the way? What have I put before Christ? Okay, if you are in the audience and you are younger than me, okay, I'm 38 years old, if you're younger than me, what you do is you get out your cell phone, okay, you probably already have it out, you're not fooling me, okay, I can see you, okay, and what you do is you go to your Instagram Okay, and you hit the explore page. Okay, you hit that little circle at the bottom, right? Okay, and then it'll take you to an explore page. Okay, and the algorithm there is going to tell you everything that you have longed for on Instagram. Okay, it is built in order to tell you that. Okay, it's in order to get you to look more. The top is going to have some things. like So if I click mine right now, it's going to be all golf tutorials. Okay? Because I'm like, I'm just like really into golf in tennis shoes, okay? So it's like these guys buying and selling shoes, and it's these guys trying to learn how to play golf, okay? And so I just watch those over and over and over again, okay? If you are older than me, okay, there's a few of you here. It doesn't look like maybe maybe one or two in the audience, Okay. What you do, you don't go to Instagram, right? Because you're like, I'm not doing that Insta whatever, okay? Gram now, Face Insta, I'm not doing it, okay? Uh, you get out Facebook, okay? Because what we know is old people are on Facebook, okay? It's what they do. It's, you know, you're trying to update those things. You want to see the pictures of the grandkids, right? You you had the grandkids were over this weekend, so now you got the album that you just posted, right? And all the tags and everything, okay? You're instead of going to an Explore page, you just need to go down the side, okay? Facebook has all the ads, okay? They've been listening to everything you've said. They've been listening to everything that's been surrounding you. And you're like, this is why I don't have this. This is why I put my phone in the the fish tank this morning. Okay, they still got it, okay? Because your friends are carrying these things around. So they still know what you're interested in, okay? And then those ads are going to tell you what you've been thinking about. The things that you've been longing for. And, And it's helpful for me to be like... So what I try to do is like, okay... Can I, like, make my Instagram enough about Jesus to where it's, like, like all my Explorer page is Jesus? It's hard, okay, because golf is really important to me, okay? But it's, like, a minor check just to see where you are, to see what you've been thinking about that you didn't even know that you were thinking about. And that's how hollow and deceptive philosophies come. And as we prepare to close, church, what I want to do is just ask you, like, what can it mean for you to take the next step of making Christ supreme in your life? What could it mean for you to take the next step towards pushing things aside, to not listening to the noise, to getting away from the things that would press into your relationship with Jesus, and to make more time for Him, to make more room for Him? What could it mean for you to to not chase after comfort, security, status, wealth? What could it mean for you to care more about Christ than your 401K? What could it mean for you to care more about Christ than where you're going to spend your retirement? What could it mean for you to care more about Christ than where you're going to go to college? What could it mean for you to care more about Christ than other things of this world? Now, what I don't believe is that the other things are bad. I believe they are good, that every perfect gift comes from Christ, and that that Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things would be added unto you. It's about the order and what would have supremacy, church. What would be the thing that you would think about as you wake up in the morning? What would be the thing that you would think about as you lay down at night? What would be the thing in which you would make decisions by? as you decide about jobs, as you decide about futures, as you decide about careers and callings and friendships, would you put all these things through the lens of Christ? Would you live your lives rooted and established in Him, believing that that would make all the difference? Would you pray with me this morning, church? Gracious God. We come to you now, the God who is supreme over all things. We come to you now and we say, would you have your way in each and every one of our hearts? Would you be the one who would be before all things? God, as we come to you now with needs that we have, with things that have gone on in our lives, we pray that you would take the supremacy, that you would be sufficient, Believing for miracles, believing that you are the God who wants to do the miraculous in our own hearts and our own lives, we come to you now. God, we cast off those things that have distracted us. We put aside those things which have come before you, and we commit this morning to have you be supreme. Church, I would wonder, if there are any of you this morning Maybe you've been hanging around victory. You got invited by a friend. You've been coming for a while and you weren't sure what the next step was. You weren't sure if you were going to do this. You weren't sure. You're not even sure how you got here this morning. And maybe the God who is supreme has been making little tugs at your heart this morning and encouraging you to take that step of putting him first. So there would be anybody in the audience right now that says, you know what, this morning I want to declare that I want to put God first. I haven't put him first before, but this is the moment. This is the moment. I'm not going to let it pass me by, and I want him to be before all things and in all things in my heart and in my life from this point forward. I'm going to ask you just to throw your hand up. I'm not going to make you uh, come up here to the front. I'm just going to ask you just to put your hand up. Yes, I see that hand. To say yes this would be my moment this would be a trajectory changing morning for me that Christ would be before all and in all and be supreme in my life yes thank you thank you Jesus maybe others of you you're here you traveled with Jesus for a while but you felt yourself slowly drift away You didn't necessarily do it on purpose you're not sure how you got there But you look around and you realize that your life is not ordered by Christ, it's ordered by a lot of other things. The noise of this world, other philosophies, things that happen at home or things that happen at work. And you would say, right here, right now, in this moment, I no longer want to live that way. I want to get back on track. I'm going to take a further step towards the supremacy of Christ and He is the one that I want to know, He is the one I want to believe in, and He is the one that I want to put first. I invite you to even lift your hand up as an act of surrender, as an act of obedience to what Christ is saying to you this morning. Yes. Hands up all throughout this room. Yes. 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 Again, I'm not going to have you come forward this morning, but what I do ask is that if you raise your hand to talk with the person that brought you here, to talk with the person you're sitting beside, to fill out a connection card, and to stay connected to the church who loves you. And so, God, we submit this time to you. We pray that you would do more than we could ever ask or imagine. We pray that you would be with us, King Jesus. And as we respond in worship, we declare our allegiance, our love, and that you are the God who is supreme. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.